It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Wednesday, and we are in the midst of of the Packers' mandatory minicamp, except what we found out on Tuesday is it was not mandatory for everyone. In fact, Mike McCarthy dismissed essentially anyone on the team with more than six years of experience in the league. So OTAs happened, and there were a lot of the the familiar faces there, Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, David Bakhtiari, Mason Crosby, Mike Daniels, all of those guys. But that was not a mandatory exercise, theoretically. The minicamp is, theoretically, mandatory. And what Mike McCarthy said was, look, we need to get our young guys work. And this is something that he has done in the past. He understands that this is a long process. I mentioned on Monday that OTAs and minicamp can feel like part of the offseason. It doesn't yet feel like 2018. It doesn't yet feel like preparation for the 2018 NFL season. It won't feel like that, at least to me, until we get to training camp. These mini camps, they are to acclimatize the new players on the team, and and in particular the rookies on this team, to the system, to the way that Green Bay goes about its business, to the culture to the dynamics of the players and the coaches and everything that goes into being an NFL player in a different situation because every situation is a little bit different. It is different being a Green Bay Packer than a Chicago Bear or a Detroit Lion or a Tennessee Titan or a San Francisco 49er. They're all different. And so even if you're a veteran, it takes time to get used to your surroundings And so the OTAs are to help with that process, help facilitate that process. And minicamp is really for the intensity level to ratchet up a little bit. But what you don't need is you don't need guys who are veterans who understand all of those things. They don't really need the work because this is not, there's no hitting and it's not a, a simulation of what the league is like. And so are these are these veteran players really gaining much? They know the systems, they know the schemes, they know how to prepare, they know how to practice. These mini camps, this is one of those underrated things. This is as much about everyone understanding how we're going to practice and how we're going to play as a football team. Young players have to learn those things. Even if you're in year two, year three, you have to be reminded, okay, back to work now. This is how we're going to do it. And if you don't do it a certain way, you're not going to play. 
And so this minicamp will not include Aaron Rodgers or Randall Cobb or Jimmy Graham or Mercedes Lewis, Lane Taylor, David Bakhtiari, Byron Bell, Brian Bulaga, Mason Crosby, Mike Daniels, Muhammad Wilkerson, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Tremont Williams, Devon House, Lance Kendricks. <sighs> Got it. This is an important approach from Mike McCarthy. And we're going to talk about the players that this benefits. In fact, that's what the focus of this podcast today is going to be. Who does this veterans off approach help and who has something to prove? Those are those are work in tandem. I think they're they're the same in some ways because some of these young players are going to have opportunities to win playing time and they're going to they're going to have to fight other young players. And we're going to talk about the case of these receivers. Trevor Davis and Geronimo Allison are going to have to fend off these young rookies and Michael Clark for playing time. And to not have Randall Cobb out there fighting for reps, and my guess would be that they're going to use Devontae Adams sparingly, although he is not a six-plus-year veteran. He is not playing with Aaron Rodgers. And so... How much does he need to be out there, especially if his hamstring's not 100%? You want Jamon Moore and Equinemia St. Brown and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Michael Clark and Geronimo Allison out there. They need the reps in this offense, route combinations and reading coverages and, and just playing at the speed of an NFL game. Obviously, this is just practice, but... Those are things you have to learn. Those are things you have to adjust to. They're things that veterans already know, which is one of the reasons the veterans aren't there. But another reason the veterans aren't there is to save their bodies and to not get them hurt. And before we get to some of the of the players and the position groups where I think this this no veterans approach is the biggest deal, we got some more clarity about HaHa Clinton Dix. And speaking of not getting hurt, one of the reasons that that Clinton Dix gave for missing OTAs was his godmother passed away and he needed to be with his family. And anyone that has any questions, I, I made this point over and over, you have to trust him to make those decisions. Can I be there? Is this important enough for me to miss practice? We're talking about practice, not a game. Not the game. We're talking about practice. And I thought Clinton Dix was was honest and transparent about the fact that he wasn't missing out on money by not being there. You go you miss minicamp and you can be fined if you're not excused. All of the guys that are that are not going to be there, all these veterans, Mike McCarthy has excused, which means they are not subject to fines. Haha Clinton Dix was not subject to fines for not missing OTAs. So if you have a situation with your family that you need to go to and you are not subject to fines, which in this case he wasn't, then it follows that you would take that time off. And and the case that I have made is that to take that one step further, Haha Clinton Dix would would potentially cost himself money if he got hurt in an OTAs that he wasn't being paid to play in, which is to say, if he misses, he's not costing himself money because he's going to get paid whether he goes or not. So there is no risk in not going. There is risk in going because you could be hurt. 
Now, you miss a practice. They find you 70 grand or whatever it is. It's a lot of money, by the way. Khalil Mack, who is holding out of minicamp, is costing himself some serious cash by doing that. Now he's hoping to make it up because he wants a long-term extension, but Haha's not costing himself money by not going to OTAs. He is now at minicamp because he doesn't fit into this super veteran situation. And that's good because Josh Jones is dealing with an injury and, and didn't practice on Tuesday. But if you're Mike McCarthy, and this is how these things dovetail, you don't want to risk your veterans getting hurt in practices that don't really mean anything. So what you do is, is you say, you say you guys don't have to come. And if they want to come, sure. But the point is, the Packers organization is saying, we think it's more important that we get these young guys up to speed. And, and there is no question that when you look at the number of undrafted free agents and rookies that, that Green Bay plays year in and year out, and not just play, but play at a high level, particularly for rookies and undrafted free agents, it's not just a function of Ted Thompson only drafting and developing or or Ted Thompson being a quality evaluator when it comes to these young players. But it is the time that they put in in camp to get these guys ready to play. And so that attention to those young players and and the preparation that is put in with them by the coaching staff, that is an organizational decision that they make that makes this team better, that builds depth, that gets guys ready to see the field who might not otherwise be ready to see the field. That is a vital process for the Green Bay Packers, a team that traditionally has not been active in the free agent market. Now, we expect that they still could be and still will be, and they have been this offseason. But that doesn't mean that you should issue this process that has worked for you for so long, getting these young guys ready to play. And and whether or not any of these guys are good or not, this is good process. You want to get these young guys ready to go, and that means giving them reps. That means giving them a lot of reps. And the CBA says that you can only take so many total reps. You can only practice for so long. You only have so many padded practices. And so as a result, you're mostly left having to practice with just your top guys. In the old days, you could have two-a-days, and you could get the backups rep with reps with the first team. You could get the backup quarterback reps with the first team, backup receivers or offensive linemen or corners, whatever, whatever. Those opportunities are not the same anymore, and they, and they come at the expense of player development in favor of player safety or, or protecting the players from overuse and, and coaches that did, frankly, take advantage of these players. The old school coaches like Bill Parcells that would run these guys ragged. There is a trade-off where you're losing out on this opportunity to grow and develop players because they, they don't have as much opportunity to grow and develop by taking reps. And so Green Bay's workaround is by saying, okay, starters and longtime veterans who don't need this work, you're not going to take it. We're going to give it to Jamon Moore, and we're going to give it to Equinemia St. Brown and Jair Alexander and, and Josh Jackson. And when you look at the veterans that are being exempt, they, they play positions that Green Bay needs the backups and the young players 
to step up. Clay Matthews and Nick Perry. Green Bay needs help with a backup pass rusher. Tremont Williams and Devon House. Well, Green Bay needs one of one or more, preferably more, of these young corners to take a step forward. Randall Cobb. Green Bay needs one of these rookie receivers to come in and play a role. And if it's not a rookie, they need Geronimo Allison and or Michael Clark to come in and play a role. And the three top offensive tackles on this team, Bakhtiari, Bell, and Bulaga, the three Bs, the killer Bs maybe, we won't go nuts. I know this is just minicamp and there's no hitting, but to get Jason Spriggs out there, who came back to practice on Tuesday, that is important. He needs those reps. He needs that time to get acculturated into the NFL, even at this point in his career. Offensive linemen in the modern NFL take time to develop, and so they need that time, and they need these opportunities. And and what Green Bay is doing is incredibly smart in the way that they are doling out these reps because the reps are precious. There's a finite number of them. And if you want to prepare these young players, they need reps. And if the veterans are out there taking those reps, those young players can't get them. And that seems like an obvious thing, but not every team does it this way. And there's a reason Green Bay has had the success that they have had developing their young talent to get ready to play right away. And this is a huge reason why. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one to punch to keep your one to punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. 
Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. So I think there's two really, really big positions in minicamp that benefit from this no veteran approach. And I think the first is a little bit, it's cheating a little bit because Randall Cobb is the only receiver who's been exempt. If Jordy Nelson were still on this team, he would too be exempt, but he's not. On the other hand, Jimmy Graham, who is going to be a big part of this offense, is also not out there. And maybe maybe they practice a little bit differently. Maybe they make sure that they have their three, four, and five wide receiver sets a little bit better ingrained in the minds of these receivers. Maybe that's something that they rep a little bit more because your three veteran tight ends don't need those reps with 12 personnel and the the, the sets that require two or even just one tight end. And the receivers have made an impact already. We've already seen... Some highlights. Equinemius St. Brown caught a touchdown pass in the two-minute drill from Brett Hundley. A, a, a play that he made over Jair Alexander. I think if there is one question about Alexander that I would have, it's that at his size, can he cover the bigger receivers? EQ is a big dude. 6'5", 200 plus with long arms. You look at some of the coaching staff has already been and, and spoken specifically about how impressed they've been with the physical tools of Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Wide receiver coach David Ray said he is playing fast off the ball. There's a suddenness to him. And that, I mean, that athleticism is important in a receiver. You need to refine it. You need to learn the playbook. You need to build the trust of your coaching staff, and you need to be able to prove that you can make the plays that are given to you when you're when you're given that opportunity. But these reps for these receivers, even though they're not coming from Aaron Rodgers, are critical. And they're even more critical because on a day like Tuesday when Trevor Davis and Geronimo Allison didn't practice with injuries, you need Jamon Moore. You need Michael Clark. You need Valdez Scantling. You need EQ out there getting those reps, making plays. And that's bad news, by the way, for Davis and Allison, who are fighting for their jobs, fighting for their NFL lives, potentially. Because if if these receivers, these rookies go out and show out, Green Bay can certainly and reasonably say, We have Devontae Adams, we have Randall Cobb, we have Jimmy Graham, now we have Mercedes Lewis, and even Lance Kendricks, plus this stable of backs in the backfield. Do we really need Davis and Allison with these rookie receivers that we have? Are they really veteran enough presences on this football team? Do they really make us enough better in the way that a veteran can with with their knowledge, with their experience? Do they make us enough better that they have to be on this team over these other receivers who might be more physically gifted? And in the case of Trevor Davis, his returnability is a a big selling point. I have tried to make the case that I think Ty Montgomery could easily take over those opportunities. Although, 
Green Bay coaches have made it clear that they think Montgomery needs to be on this offense. That he's, I mean, the quote on Tuesday was that he is too talented not to be on the field. And he is. So find a way to get him on the field. Well, if he has to return kicks and punts, hey, let him do it. He was really good at that at Stanford. Geronimo Allison, a bigger body, not an explosive player down the field, but but built a rapport with Aaron Rodgers almost immediately. Had to play in 2016, caught some incredible touchdown passes where he had that intuitive ability to find an open space and for Rodgers to know where he was going to be and make a play. And that's important to the quarterback. It may not be as important to us, just as as watchers of what's going on, but it is important to the guy wearing 12 in green and gold, and that is frankly the only person who matters in this discussion. And so the fact that you have EQ making a big play in minicamp and you have the coaches heaping praise on Marquez Valdez-Scantling, at this point, if you're Jamon Moore, you're going, well, well, hell, I got to make a play. I have to stand out. I'm, I might be behind these other guys. I might be the seventh or eighth receiver on this team right now. But because we know what Devontae Adams is and because Randall Cobb doesn't have to be there and now you have Davis and Allison hurt, these guys are going to get reps. And those reps are critical to their development, even if they're with Brett Hundley and Deshaun Kaiser. You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to keep up to date on everything around the NFL with Locked On NFL and as the NBA draft and free agency approaches with Locked On NBA. And speaking of Brett Hundley and Deshaun Kaiser, that is a battle that will wage into training camp. And it is important not just for the Packers, but for, I think, Brett Hundley in particular. The Packers did not give up their best corner to get Deshaun Kaiser to make him the third quarterback on this team. The best case scenario is Brett Hundley comes in, he plays great in camp, especially the open practices, he plays great in the preseason, and Green Bay is able to deal him. You find a new home for him, you get a day three pick for him, that's probably all you're going to get, but maybe that's enough. Because Kaiser is the guy. Now, Brett Hundley, as I said, made that play to EQ. Deshaun Kaiser had a highlight of his own on Tuesday with with a touchdown pass. His development has been something that uh, has been noted by the coaching staff. Joe Philbin pointed out the smoothness of his drop. He's going to have to learn how to play under center. Not something he did a lot at Notre Dame. Not something he did a lot in Cleveland. This is going to be an adjustment. But... Green Bay was scouting quarterbacks in the draft this year for a reason. They need a long-term solution behind Aaron Rodgers and someone potentially down the line to replace Aaron Rodgers. Now, God willing, that's not for a long time. But the Packers were legitimately very interested in a quarterback in this draft. Elliot Wolf got to Cleveland and he was asked by John Dorsey to do an evaluation of these quarterbacks that he had already done. Because the Packers had already scouted these quarterbacks. Deshaun Kaiser becomes that player. He becomes the stand-in for the guy that they may have taken because they got Kaiser. And he is extremely talented. That talent is going to have to be molded. It is going to have to be 
manipulated in a way that fits this offense. He's going to have to learn how to play in this offense. But the things that hold Brett Hundley back are not the things that hold Deshaun Kaiser back. Kaiser needs polish as a technician, as a quarterback. But when it comes to seeing it and throwing it, Kaiser is not afraid to let the ball rip. That was Hundley's number one problem. And so if Kaiser could come in, I understand he's going to have to learn the three-step, the five-step, the seven-step, maybe the, probably not the one-step and some of the quick game stuff, but he is going to have to learn how to play under center. And he is going to have to continue to develop in terms of reading coverages and getting through his progressions. That is all true. But in terms of arm talent, he has everything you look for in terms of physical ability. But so did Brett Hundley. And both are talented runners. Both are big physical dudes who can make plays with their feet. But what we have to see from those two guys is the ability to be decisive with the ball. To see it and throw it. And in fact, to see it before you throw it. And that doesn't mean having to see the guy open, but to see the read, to see the lane, or to understand that it is coming. That those things are about to happen. To throw with anticipation. And that's something that I think Deshaun Kaiser can do. He is much more decisive. Now, he doesn't always make the right read. But when he sees it, he's going to throw it. He's not going to sit and wait and wait and pat the ball and take a sack. Now, he will take some sacks and he will try and make some plays. But he was a, a young rookie in a crazy situation in Cleveland. And his situation is much better now. He is in the ideal situation for him to succeed and I think the things that that he struggles with can be coached. The things that Brett Hundley struggles with, the decisiveness and the ability to see it, that's something that I don't know how much better he can be given where he is at this point. Deshaun Kaiser can get better. But what the Packers should want is for Hundley to show out and give them something as a trade asset. Those are the two positions that that can benefit the most from this no veteran minicamp. And we're going to have another day of that today. There'll be another day tomorrow. And then there's going to be about a six-week break. End of July, training camp starts again. Preseason starts beginning of August and into the 2018 season. As we go through that process, we're still going to have shows. There's still going to be three shows a week. Once we get into training camp, I might up it to four shows a week because there's going to be more things to talk about. I'm not going to get into the daily minutiae of so-and-so made X play. The fact that we're going to be three days a week, at least initially, I think will allow us to get into some of the bigger picture things. I don't want you as a fan to get bogged down in following the Twitter feed of all the beat writers and trying to parse who's making plays and who isn't. I want to bring you some bigger picture ideas and say, look, these are the things that we need to worry about as observers and as watchers and as fans of the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to I'm going to try and give you those notions, but we will talk about who is who is big picture succeeding. We're not going to go the vicissitudes of day to day and whose stock is up, whose stock is down from Tuesday to Wednesday. That's silly because that is not part of the evaluation process. You need to look at the big picture because that's what the team does. Remember, our Facebook feed is up and running. Please go there. It's at Lockdown Packers. 
You can search it. Be a part of our community. Like it on Facebook, please. I post all the content there. Get in on the conversation. If you have a comment, if you want to share a show that you think is particularly good, you can do it that way. Just click share. Facebook makes it super easy. Hopefully, they're fixing some of their data issues there. Hopefully, they are. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Packers. Acme Packing Company is going to keep on keeping on in the offseason to bring you the best Packers content that, that you will find, the breakdowns and all of the analysis that you're looking for. There's also great stuff going on at fansided.com at profootballweekly.com. And this show is there to keep you informed, to keep you engaged with the team you love so that you can stay locked on the Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.